Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Now, Charlie, I don't know if you have ever realized that I rotate the color of my tops to make sure I blend in. Well, make sure I don't blend in with the cash behind me. So before this recording, I actually had to go and put a jacket on, even though it's like 30 degrees outside, because I'm wearing a light blue t-shirt and I don't want to go and put it in the laundry. I did think the aircon in your building must be fantastic for you to be wearing a jacket this morning. Like no, even it's, right now, it's like 26 degrees at 9 a.m. in the morning. And I'm, I'm sit, yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm just going to make sure I don't blend in. Why? Because I've got that OCD-ness. You know where else I got the OCD-ness? Is in my emails, Charlie. There are a few emails that people send out that I make sure that it stands out away from a gray couch in my inbox. And that is the business and investing email. So for anyone else who wants to stand out and actually learn a little bit more, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your details, let you know every single time we drop one of these episodes. Now, Charlie, before we get started, let's cue your disclaimer. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. I think this is the first episode we don't actually need a disclaimer, Grant, because like networking is not a financial product. We'll still put it on there just for good measure. Yeah, absolutely. But I... I um. I, I do find it funny the things we have to put disclaimers around and not have to put disclaimers around. So anyway, today we are account. talking about networking. This would have to be the number one question I get from people on the email list or on the Facebook group or even just the DMs I get. Now, probably because we mentioned the importance of having a great network so much <laughs> and the impact it's had on us. A couple of times. Just a couple. But we haven't actually done an episode on how to build a network, how to maintain and nurture one, how to give value and get value from a network. And then a part that many people don't even think about is like reviewing your network. You might have people to cut or new people you need to add in. Totally. Do we actually tell the truth and say that we've recorded this previously and then we refuse to publish it? Or should we not tell people that? Well, at this point, I feel like we probably should. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you see that setup? That was like a full setup. Where we, we've actually re- recorded this previously. Yeah, so just for future reference, if you say to someone uh, in a public forum, do you think we should tell people about something? Totally. You kind of do. Like, it's like Elon Musk. Do you reckon we should tell people about the Cybertruck? No, nah, we should wait. Okay. Dude, the FOMO could be real. Uh, but no, we actually did, thought it wasn't that valuable. So we this is us going over and above just to make sure that we provide a, a decent episode where which has good takeaways, good stories and insights. Do you know what? I, I remember back to that. We recorded it about three months ago. So first off, I hope anyone who listens to this show appreciates the effort we go to to make sure the episodes we do make have some quality in there. But I honestly feel like I just got up on a soapbox and ranted for 30 <laughs> minutes about networking. With the megaphone. This is how you do it. Dude, you shit on a lot of people. <laughs> like a lot of ways people have tried to network with you. It was awesome. I thought you were on fire. I almost thought it was a good ser- uh, therapy session for you. I did feel better after it. I really did. <laughs> And you're like, this shall never see the light of day. Well, to the point of that, how many people do you know and maybe have even experienced yourself who do networking poorly and get very little out of it? I would argue most people. 
I, I'm not even going to argue it. I'm going to say most yeah. people. <laughs> people in general. Yeah. So for, for myself, and I'll share some of the experience here, one of the things that's enabled me to jump levels quickly is network. Yeah. And we've mentioned it on the show many times, but I, I can literally map out inflection points in my business life, my uh, investing life, my health, right? Even when I got into cycling, getting into a cycling network of really strong cyclists, <whistles> performance went up, right? Network has been the thing that it's enabled big leaps because it removed so much trial and error. Yeah. So the why it works is because you don't have to sit there and work things out yourself. You can kind of, you know, copy off your classmate. Well, how are you doing this? And like they actually encourage it in this stage of life. One of the ironies, right? You copy off your classmate in high school, that's st- that stuff not so much liked. But when you get into the business world, if you were to look at someone else's approach to doing business, it's like the idea is to model. And I, I realize there's a degree of like, you're not trying to copy or steal someone's ideas. No, you totally are. I get it. How funny. <laughs> but I, I like this one. So some of my failures or my difficult times has been not networking appropriately. I don't know, Charlie, did you, uh, were you ever the one to send a birthday and a New Year's message to everyone in your network to make sure that you're maintaining friendships? I never do that. Like this, just have the list of people and you make sure you note down all their birthdays. It's like, happy birthday, networking, done. <laughs> I don't want to pick on mortgage brokers. I don't want to pick on mortgage brokers, but of the mortgage brokers I have dealt with and the, the collect CRM data that managed to, even this year, send me a happy New Year's message and birthday messages and things like that. Noting uh, my own broker doesn't do that. He's much more interested in networking properly. Thank you, Aaron. Um, the intentional networker, that it is so transparent what they're doing, right? Ah, does that grind me? Does that grind me so much? It's so tacky. So you know how methodical I am in a lot of things, dude. So I would actually jump on a call with people and understand a little bit more about like their partners and like their family. And so I'd like save the family's name in my contacts on my phone. So it'd be like, these are the kids' names and then like the kids' birthdays. And I'd send like a creepy message of like, hey, say happy birthday to your daughter, Sam. (laughs) And it was like, hey, motherfucker like no that's creepy as hell and then it's like oh also nice new car in the driveway and they're like <laughs> where are you i'm just here you're free for a coffee now but yes like that was dude i got to people that go too far they and really go me. too far that, that and i'll make uh, a suggestion here right i i can appreciate when someone's doing new year's messages or birthday messages right they're putting effort in because they want to enhance their network but because of the nature of what they're doing there, the the only thing that's coming from that is just like, "Hey, I'm here. Yeah. I just want to remind you. Look over here. I'm still I'm still around." <laughs> and it's like that's not networking or value creation. Totally. Where if you're doing it in a way that I would more suggest, the way to network well is to be so immensely valuable to your network. Right? Do you want to be someone who's going to be sending out those messages and being a creep like Grant, or do you want someone that pe- to be someone that people can come to because you can help them? You solve immense problems. Like you actually add value to what they're doing past reminding them of their kids' birthdays. <laughs> Which could be helping them because if I figured if they forgot Charlie, I was there to remind them. I was the guy that was helping them remember their child's birthdays. 
Can I go with mistake number two on this oh, one? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, and I'm, this isn't a mistake list. We're just starting here. I don't know list. why. It just came out. All right, I felt it. <laughs> All right, go, go, go. All right, so the, the next thing I see with networking is for some reason people believe it needs to be like an even relationship. Oh, yes. It's like, all right, Grant, I'll contact you this time and you contact me next time and then it's a 50-50 thing. All right, it's got to be even. And like notoriously my finding is that if you want to have a great network, you want to lead that. You want to yep. be the driver of it. Yep. Like it is uh, almost like I've got to say 90% of people who are into networking or want to have a strong network are waiting for someone else to contact them. It's like, dude, it's like attractive women or men. They sit there waiting. And it's like, yeah, but if you're a 20 year old attractive woman in a nightclub, you're probably going to get contacted. You don't need to. Like, I, I can understand the setup of environment. Yep. Right. Do you think Elon Musk really needs to work on his networking? He's, he is the equivalent of that in the business world today, I would imagine. Totally. Totally. He is the hot chick. I get it. it exactly. And, and that would be the really big key difference there, where it's like, if you're just like, I want to have a great network, I, I do, but then you're not the one leading that and putting effort into it, it's not going to happen. Totally. I, uh, we could continue on these mistakes forever <laughs> only to like – actually, you know what? I'm going to go a third one. So well, I got one as well, so we're going to oh, keep this going. Go for it. <laughs> we'll get to the episode at some point. So one of the things that I did – so it it didn't take me very long to realize that I wasn't doing networking very well, Charlie. Just put it out there. How did you come to that conclusion? Uh, that people were turning into sales. And like these weird things was like, hey, man, like congratulations, like – Happy birthday on your kid, or hey, Wait, was did your you just develop like more friends? That I had had an abundance, right? And so then what I did was I'm like, well, this isn't working. I spoke to one of my mentors, and it's like you just got to add value. So then I just started adding value to the point of like never asking for something in return. And so I was this guy that was like the what is it like the ask wait, wait, Jeeves? Well, then gave, how would anyone know how to help you? It's it's then. Yeah, so I just gave out free information. I just help anybody on anything. Just never get paid for it. And I was just like the uh, hired gun for any problems you had, but for free. And so then I had everybody pinging me with their problems. And I'm like, well, now I'm screwed. And you've set the expectation of not paying you as well, right? <laughs> totally. Because uh, there's this fine line in sales of like giving enough information where they still don't know what to do, where I just give them everything. And they're like, oh, thanks. And I'm like, Wait, hang on, wait, wait. Oh. People do this in other worlds as well, oh. right? I know how many course creators that their free course is so good that people won't buy their product. Yeah, I know, right? Their resources are so valuable. And it's just like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm still implementing what you gave me for free. Like, I haven't done that yet. I still haven't got the value. But yeah, that was one of my mistakes was I just overcorrected completely. I'm going to go one more here. We'll, we'll touch on this right. later and then we will actually talk about how to do networking right. <laughs> Um, it's interesting though, the point you made around the idea of like having a measurement point is like, if you're networking with the idea that it should turn into, in your case, growth for your business. And that's not always the goal, by the way, like for some people, networking is more about setting up joint ventures, for example, totally. or ideas and things like that. Like Completely. Or a risk mitigation. Yep. It's about knowing something or having information or Intel. Um, but the point I make on that is like, at least you had an awareness that this isn't working. So the idea I have, or the last point I'll make here, is I think many people get into networking, they build a network and then just think something's going to come from it at some point. And it never does. It or, ends up being yeah. a network they hold on to and then they're maintaining this network and not recognising opportunity cost because 
networking is not something that can be uh, unlimited, right? You only have so many, so much capacity for human relationships. I got a friend who has got the biggest network, and we both know him. Um, he's got the biggest network I've ever seen. Like literally, like the Lord Mayor of Melbourne on speed dial. Like literally that. All right, I know who you're talking about on that comment now. I got you. (laughs) I actually got you. And And I agree. It's impressive. Amazing. But none of it's commercial. So he went and started a business and told his entire network about it and just like no one bought anything because they're a network of uh, this individual is going to help me on these couple of things. But they were never there to sort of help the individual out. Like it was always, it was really weird. Like he was so excited. He's like, oh, the whole network's going to support me. And everybody did, but just not with money. They just gave him verbal support and stuff. It challenges a lot of people, uh, the idea of having intentional relationships for business. Like Totally. It's, yeah, it's like they get the whole like friend thing and they know how to be a, a friend to a degree. Yep. And for this person, I would argue they're a phenomenal friend. Huge, amazing. Yep. Yeah. Um, but when it comes into being intentional about a relationship in business, which can still have friendship components, like I will admit I would consider I'm friends with many people who are in my network, but there's like this – Actually, I'm not even going to say it's unwritten because I, I make it very clear in, in what we can expect from each other. But it's like it's very intentional around, in your example, business growth yep. or sharing ideas or whatever it is that exists in that way. Yeah, I, I find, yeah, it's another one of those. It's like a tightrope. Like you can lean one way or the other way because you, have you met anyone who was like only transactional? Like I've got so many people that have hit me up where it's like if I can't extract money out of you, I, we're not friends. Oh, can I put something around this, please? Go, 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 go. You see, I do that as well where you can't say no to it because we're on the podcast now as well. <laughs> I'll buy it. Like, no, next one. Yeah, so if you're Elon Musk, you can do that. So if you yeah. are so immensely valuable to someone else's network, you can literally do that, right? You can set the terms of entry to the network. And I would go even further than that is that there's some paid networking groups where this is the agreement. Right, the idea of being in this uh, networking group, which I, c- I can't believe I'm going to bring this one up in a positive way right now, B and I. Oh, I knew it was coming. <laughs> Dude, didn't yeah. you read the text on the document that we've got, which is like, do not mention B and I? That was it. <laughs> All right, I'm personally not a fan of B and I, which we'll go there after I make this point. But one of the things I will give them credit for is the idea that they're all very intentional about referring business to each other. Totally. That's why they. That's why it exists. And if you go into that, the expectation is you're going to get referrals, but you need to give re- referrals. Yep. And I have to give them credit. At least the relationship guidance is clear. Like you know yes. what you're getting into, yeah. where a lot of people don't have that and they would probably be better off with the B&I. Now, we're going to have to go to B&I now. You can't right, well skip done. past that. Good segue. All right. Well, my, my personal challenge with B&I is that I do not like that they only allow one person in one chosen field or industry in each person in sector. So if you're a website developer, there can't be another website developer in the B&I. Or if you're a mortgage broker, there can't be another uh, mortgage broker. Funnily enough, in talking to my mortgage broker, Aaron, the mortgage broker uh, seat is the hardest to get. And for that reason, it appears that the people who start the new chapters are always mortgage Mortgage brokers. brokers. So they can get that seat, which is why he does it. And good on him. Like I actually like if it works for him and he enjoys it, go for it. However, this one challenges me at the values level because I look at that and go, well, did anyone consider the idea that more could be created with two website developers? Yeah. 
Like, why, why are we with one here? Why couldn't these guys work together to create a, a bigger website or a better website and compete on a, a bigger level? Yeah. I'm also very challenged in the idea that it's like, and we're just using website developer. I've got nothing for or against website developers here. Who's setting the credentials if this guy's any good or not good at being there a website no, developer? Because there's no barrier to entry. This is like, oh, you registered uh, Charles Web Design. You're in. We don't, we don't have one. We need one. You're in. So what if you're in this group and you've got a website developer and you don't know if he's any good and you're sending people to him and like I've seen websites go terrible, like that really challenges me. So I look at that and go, well, how confident am I going to be to give a referral? Because if I'm literally referring people into this and it's not going well, this is doing damage to my network. So I'm going to be crappy at giving referrals and then on the other way is like, why would I expect to receive referrals in that relationship there totally. as well? Totally. I am. Um, I do that. We could go on a deep rabbit hole, and there are other similar BNI sort of businesses out there which are the same approach. And I just it scares me. the The other challenge as well is the quality of referrals that you get, because like BNI have a requirement. Well, the last time I looked at it, which was many many years ago, which was the requirement to send referrals. Or well, referrals. Grant, you should know as a content maker, there's nothing better than saying things on a podcast that are unfact-checked. It's the best thing to do Perfect. because you actually Please. get people commenting on the videos that drives the algorithm. It. I'm completely for that. <laughs> I am completely for that. Where you had to you had to give referrals, like, and, and it was like a part of the mandate. And I'm like, well, how do I know that the people who are giving me referrals are high quality of the people they're referring as opposed to ticking a box? Again, I don't want to make it about BNI, but this comes back to, and we should go into our points on, from here, is that I think if you are going to build a network, you want to build the right network for you that aligns to your values and goals where there's value you can give and where there's value you can receive. And if it's missing that, the chances of it actually being a beneficial uh, network for you to build or have is going to be unlikely, very, very unlikely. I think that's a great segue into our point number one, Charlie. <laughs> Do you like that? It was good. That was good. I saw what you did. Okay, so how have you approached building your network? <laughs> well, after shitting on myself completely for, <laughs> for quite a while, uh, I will say, like, I'm going to start off by saying how I did it poorly and then how I do it now, if I may. Awesome. So when I first started uh, the whole biz, the art of business, I would go out to as many free meetups as I possibly could. And so this was more of a more is better. So I would go to, I had an SEO company, I'd go to web development meetups because maybe they need SEO for their clients and they can send people my way. I'd go to other SEO meetups. I'd just go to free meetups. The interesting thing or the problem that I found was a lot of them were fresh in business, were about to start a business and like they were an employee of something. And it was never really turning into some kind of work or some kind of business for me. It was more people coming to me and saying, hey, this is my problem. Can you help me out? How do I, how do I register a business name, Charlie? How do I do this? How do I approach that? And so I, had the, I found it very challenging where the more – free meetups that I went to or free events that I went to and like I'd go on to Facebook groups or meetup.com or anything like that to go and find these places. It wasn't actually converting into any money. It was a lot of effort for minimal good quality leads. Like you had no large businesses going there. And so in in hindsight, I'll say after a while, I'm like, eh, these kind of free meetup event things are not actually giving me any value. This was because I would just sit there, give value out to absolutely everybody else and just get nothing in return. And so that's how I did it versus how I do it now. 
Do you think free networking groups can work if that's the type of network you are looking for or require? Maybe. I'll say maybe. In my experience, there have been the rarities of finding one person like myself who was sitting there as well, but more commonplace than not, it, no. Like I really haven't seen too much of a benefit from it in, from my experience back then. I actually haven't had any significant gains come from a free meetup or free networking group. And I say gains because it's like you, you've mentioned like financial gain in your example there, but it could be for whatever the intention of the network I was trying to build was, I haven't had a huge amount of success there. Totally, totally. And so then from the other side, I said, well, how do other people do this, Charlie? Where are the good business owners that I'm looking for as clients in this example or in your point? It could be maybe I'm looking for other people who run an SEO company and I, I say, hey, I want you to help me run what I'm running. Do you know what's really interesting? It appears our networking experiences early on, yours was very focused on getting clients. Do you want to know what my focus was? Finding other people who've done the thing. Yeah. I was like, I'm running an agency. I've got no idea what I'm doing. What's everyone else doing? I was not going in with the intention of trying to get clients at all. I wanted to see how, how are you hiring for this? What software do you use? Like the intentionality of what I was doing was really specific and I have maintained that. So I hope as people are listening to this is that the subtle undertone of both of us here is that it's like right network for the job. Yeah. Different networks for different outcomes. Totally because it becomes so much more targeted on what you're going for. Like in that first example, like I was going for meetups for web developers to try and create a partnership where they'd send me over some SEO clients. And then in like the other side where I found, and that was on the free side where I found out that, hey, if I actually paid for access into a network, then the filter's already applied, right? So it's like, great, I can pay a hundred bucks to get access to a group of web developers and potentially- Where are you joining a network for a hundred bucks? It was an example because I've got another example around building my delivery component on what you've got. I can tell you right now, any paid networking group I've been in, you'd want to add at least one zero there. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say the ones I've been part of were quite – actually, no, I'll shit on one. Why not? So there was a digital nomad uh, – what is it? Community, I'll call it, Charlie, which was a generic community. That was oh, I know who free. you're talking about, which it is was about, the way you're looking at me right now. It was 300 bucks a year and uh, I joined this and I said, hey, this is going to be a great filter of people. I uh, thought I might pick up some clients, Charlie. Stuck my neck out, said, hey, who wants some help in SEO and digital marketing and got a whole heap of freeloads coming back at me. So – to your point, yes, the amount you pay is also indicative of the quality of people that are there. Do you know what? I have to eat my words on that because I joined uh, Superfast Business by James Shremko Did I? very early on. And I'm trying to remember how much it was at the time, but I think it was like $250 a month. That one yeah. was actually quality. It really was. I've met some really good people and very clever in that. But outside of that, every other paid networking group I've been in that's been like significant changer has been like $1,000 plus a month. Totally. And I'd also argue I joined James Circles, uh, James Shremko Silver Circle, which was substantially more than $1,000. And uh, that was even a level up from super fast business. Don't you find it interesting though, that like the more that you pay, usually the more you get out of it. And so I'm going to use one story. So like to that challenge of free, didn't provide me a huge amount of value. So I overcorrected and I started paying. There was actually this, website called clarity.fm and i was in my seo business i remember 
vividly living in the Philippines going, I need someone to teach me how to be better at backlinks, which is just a little tactic in SEO. So I went to clarity.fm, which is where you get access to experts, I'll say, Charlie, for a, a, a price per minute. So you have people that are everything from a buck a minute to like 10 bucks a minute. And there was a gentleman called John Cooper who uh, ran a, a website called Point Blank SEO. And he was there for like a buck 67 a minute. And I said, you know what? Cool, man. I'm happy to pay an hour of the time to go and kick it with John and learn all of his link building tactics. So schedule a call with him on clarity.fm. Jump on the call. Hey, John, my biggest problem is link building. This is the way that we do link building. Can you just tell me exactly how to solve it within five minutes? It's like, I just do this. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'm like, so what are you doing in your business? And then we ended up talking for like 45 minutes about his business and <laughs> what challenges he has um, getting off the call and actually had a built a network out of this paid experience where now John and I are really good friends. He flew to Asia to go and kick it with me. I'll go to the States. But it's funny how the more you pay where it can actually turn into a greater network as opposed to like a transactional thing. Like I went there for one problem and a solution to my one problem that actually turned into a great relationship. No, I concur and I'm not surprised. My experience has been the same. So I've had many where it's like maybe I bought a course and there was a Facebook group from the course and then I've ended up becoming friends with people on the back of it. Or maybe I was in a mastermind for a year and I was a paid mastermind and then on the back of it, the relationships from people in that mastermind still kick on today. So I, I think the point where both uh, on from here is going like, when it comes to building your network, first off, set up the intention. You've got to know what you want to get out of it, whether it's uh, Grant's financial gain or Charlie wants to see inside your business because he's terrified he's doing a terrible job at running a business. Yep. But this- I, I, I honestly, I, can, I literally used to think of it as paying insurance. That's how I used to think about it. Yeah, I totally did. Um, (laughs) But then the second component of that is the filters. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like if people have paid, then their filter of people that are going to be in that community are going to be of a different uh, caliber or level than people that don't pay. So very, very interesting one that comes in there. Can I I add some other ones to this as well? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm going to throw in geography. (sighs) So I would – mentioned that in recent times I've moved uh, and I, I I won't end the suburbs for this, but I will say that there's more business owners in this area. Totally. So I have found in going to the park with Jack, the conversations in meeting other parents is it tends to be people that are up to similar things to what I'm getting up to. Now, while there's no like, how can I put it? There's no direct like payment to join this network. Land prices have taken care of that for me. I was going to say, like there kind of is. <laughs> It's like you have this minimum to step into this area. Yeah, well, I would say if you meet a business, so let's let's just say uh, what's an expensive suburb, Turak, Brighton, whatever it is. If you meet a business owner who lives in that area, sure, there might be somewhere daddy gave them a lot of money or they won the lotto, but in general, for business owners to be able to afford a home in that area, they have to have done something right. Yep. So to understand what they did right versus someone who, let's say, uh, doesn't have or doesn't live in a suburb like that. And I'm not trying to frame this as like, you know, better suburb, better network or anything. But if that is what you're looking for, I think that there's some interesting ideation in that. Like where you live and who you interact with on a daily basis is a part of your network. And you're going to be influenced by that and see things like that. Now, um, in your building, right, you've got this amazing car park. And I I, uh, always am fascinated with the cars that are in it. (laughs) The, the, 
the Bentleys and the Maseratis and every every floor has got its own G-Wagon. Yeah, well, that's what's being normalised to you. <laughs> totally. But it's, yeah, it's those chance encounters as building the network as well. Like I was in the lift, guy walks in with a rolly and two Louis Vuitton shopping bags. I'm like, hey, man, what do you do with yourself? So he's signaling. He's telling you totally. what. He, he's going, if you understand what this is, come talk to me. He saw me get in the lift and he chased me down. Charlie wasn't the other way around. I swear. So let's consider this. And I'll bring this back to a point before we jump into the next ones here. Um, yes, paid mastermind groups, fantastic option. There's a lot of really good ones out there. Uh, an next side of it, courses, I think are really good. I've had many great experiences from I've bought a course and met some great people on the back of it. Plus probably got a little bit smarter, learned something. Maybe. Uh, maybe not as well. Um, <laughs> the other one, events, paid events particularly. I've met some really good people at paid events. And again, that's the Ditto. trigger on the paid stuff. Ditto. And then uh, geographics. I, I concur. I think your paid events is a great example. Like I had a, I went to an event that was run by Chris Ducker in the Philippines called Tropical Think Tank. And some of the people that I've met there, which James Ramco was there, shout out. Um, and like He's popping up a lot in this episode already. Dude, he is. Um, like the, the quality of people that I still have in my network through there that they will ping me and I'll help them solve a problem. I'll ping them and they'll help me solve a problem has been immense, um, plus some other events that I've been to as well. Like, the the uh, in-person thing bonds you and the event experience bonds you as well. Like you get to, in the in-person ones, you get to like, um, and this could be a mastermind as well, it's like the bonding experience of getting to know people is accelerated much faster than the virtual one. Totally. And you get the experiences together, like you go and drink or like I went to a snow trip, you go and snowboard together. Like you do these things and you'll be able to always riff off that experience where it's not just a, hey, Charlie, remember that time that I spoke to you and helped you with your business? <laughs> remember that? I, I'm still yet to remember that time. Grant. No, I was going to say, I was, I'm, I'm trying to preempt an event. All right. Well, I will, uh, I, will ra- I will recap and we'll move on to the next point here. But I think for everyone that's listening here that wants to improve their network, the paid ideas seem to be the ones that have helped me the most and you the most. If you're someone who wants to increase your network, they are the areas I would look to for kind of building the right network and have a damn goal. Don't just meet random people. That I think that is one of the main points. And I think it's going to be a great theme throughout the next points that we do, which is like, a, what are you trying to achieve? Like if you're going for client generation, be deliberate around it. If you're going for building your network of other people who have created the same things, do it. If you're buying a course from somebody because you get a one-hour conversation with somebody because they're going to unlock something else, do it. Be I have done that. I, yeah. think, I, ha- I literally have done that. No, no different to me paying for time with John. Like he's like deliberately take that action knowing what outcome you're going for. Completely. All right, next one. How to manage slash nurture your network. It's funny. You and I have sp- spoken about this and you have this – innate ability to do it where i'm so methodical and old school it's crazy <laughs> yeah it's so, like the um what is it uh, consciously competent versus unconsciously competent yeah I, I don't do this on purpose i just seem to have naturally gravitated where i maintain my network like i tie my shoes but i think about it it is crazy just how smooth you do it and it's like hey charlie how do you do this i just comes to like what do you mean i just wanted to ping that person like well how did you come up with this and there's another guy that was a co-founder of focus hq that does this amazingly well like he's just he doesn't think about it he doesn't have a crm or anything he's just like riddles off all these people he's going to ping and like they're always like well thought through but so my problem has been 
there are people in my network that I have built good relationships with where I've helped them with their business for free or we've had a great event together or something like this that I just won't ping for like a year. <laughs> and it's not wow, because- Wow, that I, relationship won't have gone cold at all. To, totally. And it's not because I don't like the person. It's more that I'll get down in the weeds or I'll be building new relationships based on the thing that I'm doing in business now. But the funny thing is like a year later, I look back over my shoulder, I'm like, wow, they're doing something new and unique as well that actually could provide some value here or I could provide them some value there. And so then by the time I reach out to them, they're like, well, why didn't I hear from you sooner? So anyway, so I built like this little CRM thing where I have like a list of people that I want to keep in contact with and I get to sort of like say, hey, I want to keep in contact with this person every two months, every three months or otherwise. Um, And there was actually this guy that I reconnected with after two years and it was probably six months ago, nine months ago. And we have scheduled in a catch up every three months and I just kind of track it in here. Uh, there's a guy over in the States, uh, again, an old SEO guy, great network, awesome problem solver. And so now him and I just catch up every three months for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and just talk about challenges we're facing, how we're going about it, what else, we're, like how else we could support each other. And it's just made it so much easier for me just having that sort of little touch base of going, hey, man, hey, Grant. Maybe you should ping these people and just uh, see what challenges they're facing or see like maybe tell them what you're doing, what you're up to. Tell them what challenges you're facing. I love the idea of intentional schedules. I do. And mastermind groups, uh, let's say a mastermind group meets up four times a year. It's kind of been taken care of. Yeah. Or if you're at an event, it's like you might have a four-day event. You know you're going to see that person for those four days. Like the forced schedules take the work out of this. But this is something I mentioned earlier in the episode If you're someone that truly wants to have a great network, I think that you need to bear the responsibility of you are the one who puts those things on the calendar or schedules those things or be's the ones that or be's the one who instigates the regularity in a relationship. Now, of course, if people contact you as well, that's great, but I wouldn't rely on that as a strategy. Not if you want something from it. Like obviously they're contacting you because they probably want something from it or they're looking to try and maintain a friendship, et cetera. But if you're the one that's looking to try and get something from it, et cetera, then you have to be the instigator. You have to be the one that drives it. But this is why I like the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, terms of engagement. Yeah. Because if you, in the case of, let's say you and I, if I send you a message or you send me a message that's commercially related, I'm like, hey, Grant, I ought to do this. It's going to make us money. Like, we don't have to dance around that. We nope. can be intentional about it. Totally. But when you end up in this like friend zone, where it's like, oh, I'm not sure if I should just say, hey, can you help me with this? Hey, I'd love it if you would buy this from me. Hey, I'm going to buy your thing. Like if it, the arrangements of the relationship aren't there, yep. I think this is where it falls into um, like grey territory where it's like a standoff. So you, um, here we go. Very pointed question. So do you go up to someone and be like, hey, Grant, uh, so my name's Charlie, media company. Uh, we can help out this stuff. Like we can help you out with your media. Uh, what are you up to? Like, how I feel like that is the worst question ever and I'm going to tell you why. Because you, you haven't set the tone. If I join a mastermind group with other agency owners, right, it's already inferred we're going to be sharing. Perfect. Right, that's so, what I for. Yeah, so like that's fine. If I, I mean, if I said pretend I pay to be in a mastermind group for agency owners in this example. I walk up to someone and I'm like, so what does your org chart look like? Yeah. Who's the last person you hired? What software are you using? Fine. And I would expect questions back. Like that's what I would expect. If I was at B&I and that comes time for the referral thing and it's like, I'm like what do you mean? 
It's like <laughs> it's okay to like that's what we're there for. Yeah. yeah so the intentionality and setup of those relationships. Now, if let's say you uh, have a network, but this hasn't been set, go back and set them. Right? You can have really powerful conversations with people. So, great. Hey, Grant, we we've been uh, friends for a while. We do a bit of network. We do business together. I, I'd really enjoy if we could be more intentional about the networking we're doing. And I suspect you might be as also, because what I'm really looking for is to provide uh, more value to you. And I'd love to get more value from you as well. Yep. So what I'm thinking is we could set up a JV or we could uh, send each other clients. Would you be up for that? Now, the best part of this is if they say no, great, you just made room in your network for the person who can be that for you. Totally. But if you're going to be vague and unintentional with the relationship, then I just think this is, a, a, again, a terrible idea. And it, it, it's awesome because it comes all back to sort of step one, which is like building your network deliberately. Because when I had the SEO company and I was going to like web development, like meetups and masterminds and events, it was, hey, like, hey, Grant, what do you do? Hey, like I run an SEO agency. And they're like, well, why are you here? I'm like, well, how many times have you had people ping you and say like, hey, can you help me with my SEO? Or hey, can you, do you know how to do it? And you respond, no. I was like, yeah. So I'm here to either give you some free audits for your clients potentially build a JV where I can send you some clients and potentially the other way, but that's the exact reason I'm here. And it's opening that door because while you're both at this event together, where when it's a generic thing, it's like a generic business meetup, it's so difficult to have such a tailored approach to the other person, which is like, this is what it is. This is why I'm here. You've got to set those terms of agreement or engagement. Terms of engagement. Like. Terms, of, terms of engagement. Do you know what I love about this one as well? The longer you are in a good uh, networking relationship with someone, the more direct you can be. <laughs> yes. So I've got um, Kim Barrett, a good friend of mine. Um, I'm a big fan of Kim. And it's like over the years, like there's been so many moments where we've provided value to each other that it's like there almost doesn't need to be small t- small talk about anything. No. So, like, hey, Kim, we should do this JV. Okay, let's go. Well, he might say no for a variety of reasons. Maybe he's not available. But the interesting thing that sits within that is that that's where you can get to. Like yep. you can be more direct with people, especially when you've had wins. When you've had wins in working with someone, then you can kind of grow the relationship. Like how a relationship starts is very rarely where it ends up. Yeah. How many, before we jump onto the sharing wins, because I love that point. Like, is there a limit to the amount of people that you can manage and nurture at one time? Or it has I can to be. That, I don't act- actively track this, but there definitely is. Yep. And um, what I find interesting in my experience, so um, for me, I'll go through me here, like how often do I network? Every day. This isn't something I do a little bit. This is something I put intention, or it's literally time my calendar every day. So there is like a time slot for it. As for the activities I do, there's a variety of things, whether it's I'll book in a dinner with someone, I'll send a message on Facebook, I'll Facebook scroll people and see what they're getting up to. I'll participate in events and masterminds and things like that. Like I actively go out and do these things. So I think that's a really important thing to say is like that's the frequency of these things here. And then uh, on the other side of that, and I forgot my point now, I was distracted by each other. The capacity, how many people can you manage? Uh, Yeah. So the idea being is there seems to be some natural um, like flex and constraint to it. 
like whatever I'm into. So for example, like I put a lot up on social media about cooking and TikTok in recent times. The people that are into those things are naturally gravitating towards those because if they feel I can add value to them either through delicious treats or TikTok ads, I've become of more interest to them. Yep. So I find that for people that aren't into that, they'll kind of drop off. But if I start posting more things about cycling or something else of value, property stuff, then that will kind of change it as well. Yep. So I, I find it very interesting. And just a key point on there is like, it's a really interesting idea to post things on social media about what you're getting up to because other people that are getting up to similar things will be attracted to that. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Or the people that want to get into similar things. Or Correct. build their own if, hobbies. Well, I'll put this out there. If, instead of sending people a um, birthday message and a Christmas message, maybe send them a photo of you crushing it at the thing that is of value to them. Yep. Wonder what would be more appealing, Grant? <laughs> but uh, the thing I like about the personal things, like posting images of Jack, for example, or the cycling or going to the gym or food or otherwise, is it is such an easy barrier of entry for someone to give you a ping. Like it's like, as opposed to you publishing something like, hey, if you're looking for a website, come and ping me. Hey, like we're doing websites, ping me. It's so much easier to start that conversation and understand what people are getting up to. Well, do you find this at all surprising? We started a podcast on building wealth for business owners. What do you think people ping me about? Um, Cooking on a skillet, cast iron pen. Well, they do. (laughs) Because I did absolutely put that up and this is exactly why I am banned from the social media accounts that we have for this podcast. But, uh, although I still think they were crushed, by the way. Totally, totally. Um, By the way, it's like, anyway, the the point being is, is that just imagine this. If you're someone who is vague in your agreements with people in your network, you're also not highlighting how you can be of value and you just send them a, hey, it's your birthday message every year. It's like, why would you have a great network? Totally. You know, um, oh, dude, it, so funny, rewinding seven years ago, uh, probably even more before Focus HQ time, so it was probably like nine years ago, I had so many different businesses in like selling like dog kennels, chicken coops, uh, doing all these, like, dude, I was selling gun safes. I was selling fairings for motorcycles. I had an SEO company. We we're also doing websites. Like, I did so much that I refused to post about any of it on social media because I didn't know which one to promote and which one to be known for. And so I was always the guy that knew how to solve random problems, but like no one could ever articulate what business I was in. And like it actually worked against me. <laughs> like I basically had other people in my network selling for me saying, you need Grant, like Grant just can solve that problem because I couldn't articulate what problems I could solve myself because I was just had my finger in too many pies. It happens as well. Yeah. I've seen that numerously. Yeah. Ah, funny. Should we get on the, to the next one? All right, well, I will we'll recap some points on this one. Is just if you are going to, if I was going to say anything about uh, maintaining or nurturing a network, do it every day. Now, whether you do it more freestyle like me or very much have a checklist like Grant and a CRM, I think both are fine, but you've got to be doing it. As for the activities that you do within that, right, it's going to be the suit of the network. Yep. So if it's a meetup, a dinner with people, if it's a Zoom chat, if it's going for a coffee, if it's being active in a Facebook group, if it's DMing people, like the activities will be specific to the network you're trying to build. Totally. And then the uh, last component of that is to just make people aware of what you're getting up to it and how. And this is the key, right? It's not just what you're doing, but specifically sharing things that highlight of how you are value to them. Yeah. Because you'll be able to filter. It just filters the people out that are already there, that have got the problem. 
what is it? What's the summary? It's like 3% of your target market have the particular problem they're trying to solve right now. And so you just keeping people up to date with what you're doing at the point that they get the problem, they go, oh, yes, you are the one that could solve my problem for that. I think the stat is um, in no way helpful or useful, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares it? if it's 3% or 6%? It's like the activity is the thing three, that works here. 3.5%, yep. I'd also say it's probably worth starting a podcast just for networking. Ooh, that's a good one. Because you're going to have guests on, right? So even looking at that, is it's an interesting idea that you might just start a podcast just so you can hang out with other people who are in an industry. What a value add. I'm going to bring you onto my podcast and distribute your message. Totally. What a great way to build a relationship. And um, it's been very beneficial for me, I will say, and I suspect yeah. you over the years. Ditto. Ditto. All right. Should we jump into the next point? Let's do it. All right. How do you give and get value from your network? So going back to my point at the start, Charlie, <coughs> I uh, just gave value to absolutely everybody. <laughs> I, got, I got minimal value back in return. It was like, I've got this challenge in how do I do SEO? I'm like, sure, I'm more happy to help you. Uh, even to the extent that uh, there was a, a couple that I spoke to a couple of weeks ago and they said, we're facing a problem in our business and we would like your help to get through this problem. And I basically said, hey, look, I'm strapped for time. I would like, if you would, if you would be interested more than happy to mentor you through these challenges. It might take three months, six months, 12 months, whatever, more than happy. So then we jumped on to have a conversation about it. And then the typical grant self is just like, dude, I know exactly how to solve this problem. Just do this one thing and you're good. And they're like, so what about this mentoring thing? You're like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll do that some other time. Yeah, but I would disagree with that. If you can get on a call and solve someone's problem in that moment and give them that, why would you sell them a 12-month mentoring that is, program? That is, that is fair. That's fair. Although it was more because it's going to take him so much longer to solve the problem. Like this is the solution for right here, right now. Then in four weeks time, they're going to have the next problem that I know is coming up. And so yeah. I'm like always cautious around the like giving value and then getting value in return in that example of going, hey, like I know this is going to help you now. But the next example is I know what you're going to hit up against next. And I just don't know if I'm going to have time to help you over that one. So that's terms of agreement though. Yeah, actually, that's a valid point. If, you could, if you're in a network and you have the ability to solve someone's problem quickly and easily and it's not going to cost you anything, Got do it. it. Like I good. think that's a great way to add value. I, I really do. And I think also sharing things that are working for you that may work for others, really great way to add value to a network. Now, in the case of what you're suggesting here with the, like, the mentoring thing, if you were to give someone some value and then it comes down to the accountability to implement or it comes down to the like, look, you're going to need some hand-holding as you go through this. This is a simple, not easy thing. Yeah. Right. As long as that's shaped up and understood, then then I'm down. I have had people where I've uh, been on a call, told them how to solve it, and then they're like, oh, we just want to pay you to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So it does. it definitely can happen in that way. But the, one of the challenges that I've found is that I – in my past, I've had so many of these phone calls, so many of these situations where I've just tried to provide the, the silver bullet, where I just keep giving value, giving value, giving value that either didn't turn into some kind of monetary or commercial gain for myself, uh, but then also, yeah, didn't really get them providing any value back, whether it was monetary or knowledge-based or anything like that. And I just felt extremely deflated. I'm like, wait, I just keep giving out to the world and I just get stuff all back. I'm like, this sucks. And that comes back to probably your point around terms of agreement. 
it comes to a few things here. I think if in many endeavors, right, it's like, I'll give you a few examples here. How, judging a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Yeah, it does. So it's like, if I look at it in here and go, well, the fish is just in the wrong spot. Like if you put the fish in the river, everything works. So if you've got Grant in this example with um, a very strong skill set, but then you put him in a network where that skill set either isn't valued, appreciated, can't be afforded, like it, it's useless. The latter, yes. Completely. So in my case, like let's say I'm strong at digital marketing. If I went to a network that um, can't benefit from digital marketing, like they don't have the internet where they do this. It's like, <laughs> um, I, I don't know if that exists anymore, but like sure. you get the idea. I get you. Yeah, well, well, then my skills are useless here. So I, I think that putting the value you can create in the right network becomes super valuable here. Totally. So that would be point one. And then point two is like terms of agreement. Again, I'm quite firm on these things. Like I'm happy to help people to a degree for free in general. So like if it's something where it's like, oh, Charlie, how did you know, which mortgage broker do you use? Like oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to make, make someone pay for that. Let's go, of course, I use this guy. Did it. Right. And that's also a little side hint here. Adding value to a network, one of the like pro moves is recommending people that do awesome for you. If you can be a great referrer of quality people, that is something that adds value to a network. And I have to say, Kim Barrett is probably the best I've ever come across from the, at this, is he does like a lot of really great introductions. It's a great way to add value to a network as being the person who can make introductions. Yeah. The second one I look at, and we kind of touched on this, is skill. So in my case, like I'm very strong in ads. That's where my past is in general. So like if there's ever a network that can benefit immensely from ads, I know that I'm going to be adding an immense amount of value to that network in itself. I love love that point around, (laughs) it's funny, where, where I've done very well at networking is when I've been able to help other people make money. And like, who doesn't like that guy? And well, that's exactly right. Like, it's technically sure. Like, every time I've helped someone fix like an SEO campaign or something like that, it inadvertently impacts their ability to earn money. And so then they go, "Oh my gosh!" Like, my revenue increased by ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent, whatever it was. Hey, Grant, can you help with something else? Like, what else can you do? How else can I help you? Because they see like the dollars in a bank account versus like helping them remember their child's birthday. <laughs> which doesn't add much value to them at all. But maybe this is where to spend some time, right? So if you don't know how to be valuable to your network, right, maybe you should develop the skills to be valuable to a network or change networks. I think think, that is an immensely powerful idea. So instead of spending your time sending birthday messages and New Year's messages, spend the time developing things that would be valuable to your network. And when it becomes known that you have this value, what's interesting, and I know I mentioned this earlier about the idea of like you want to lead conversations, but once it becomes known you have a skill of value or something of value in introductions, people will gravitate towards you. Yeah, it was it was funny. It would have been about four weeks ago. There was a guy that we both know. Um, and I pinged him. I'm like, oh, what challenges are you currently facing? And he's like, ah, oh, we've currently got this org structure challenge where we're trying to go like multinational and we've got a whole heap of entities that kind of roll up into themselves and i'm like did you want me to help you with that just want to send me through exactly what you've got rebuilt the entire thing he's like grant how do we get you just to do that every single month (laughs) because i'm like this is the easiest thing this is one of the skill sets that i've been fortunate enough to have built over the last like eight nine ten years 
Um, so looking at these things, it was a massive problem for him. But the value that it provided for me just to give him the answer to it is just like, this is what we need ongoing. But the the key point there is not the solution. The, the key point was I reached out to him and said, like, what challenge are you currently facing? Know the he, problems of the network. I love that. Yeah. And so he's and he so then he knew that I have worked with uh, matrix type of organizations before. And he's like, this is what I've got. And I know that you're going to be able to help me solve it. So he knew what I had as a skill set. But then he also knew that that aligned to a challenge that he was facing. And I proactively was in front of him saying, hey, like what challenge are you facing? I got no idea if it was challenge of facing a challenge or not, Charlie. It was more just me saying, hey, like I'm happy to help. Just send me through whatever you've got. Do you think a smaller, deeper relationship with the network is better? So maybe let's say 10 people you know a lot about and have deeper connection with versus let's say 30 where it's more surface level. The deeper is better. And why do I say that? Because the quality of people that will fall into those 10 are are substantially greater than the ones that would be in your 30. Where the point is like when I say quality, people who refer myself business or that can solve help solve my challenges or vice versa and then if people don't have the ability to sort of provide me value or vice versa that will naturally fall out of those 10 right and then someone else will fill in their place but i just can't add that depth of value if there were 30 of them so we spoke about giving value what about getting value how do you go with actually getting uh let's say the reciprocal nature of this which i've got to say sounds like not well in the past (laughs) not well in the past at all uh yeah so Obviously, terms of agreement is a great thing that uh, I'll go and tell Grant in 2000s on that he should go and do that. It'd be great. Um, but one of the ways that I get value is I'll go and reach out to them and ping them with my my challenge. And so most of my network I've solved a problem for, which is awesome. So most of them will be reciprocal to anything that I need where on my network I could call someone, ping someone and just say, hey, this is a challenge I'm, I'm facing. And they'll be more than willing to jump on a call, refer someone else over like the Kim Barrett example that you've said but I'll just be so transparent and open as to what I'm trying to solve. Completely. I, I like your point there around add value first. So it's less abrasive to like just be, hey, I'm, just take. Totally. Just come and take from a relationship. I, I've seen, actually I will say I've seen this in myself where in sometimes I've joined a group and almost been hesitant to ask for help because I don't want to be seen as I don't know how to do the thing. Yeah. And so if you're in a, a mastermind and it's like, oh, guys, I'm, I'm struggling to generate leads here. Can someone help me? You have to admit that you're not good at that. And that can be very challenging for people to be exposed and vulnerable in that way. You know, the, the interesting thing that really changed for me, and this would have been, I don't know, call it five years ago, right, was, oh, it was probably longer. When I used to go and ask for help, I used to expect to get the solution as free advice. But then when I changed and I said, well, hang on, I don't expect the same the other way. Like if I'm giving someone value, I expect Do you know what's so interesting in that? Can you see you were doing the thing you expected from others? But can you see that that is the free meetup.com kind of Facebook meetup events and all those kind of things, which is like everyone just expects stuff for free. And so I remember, I still remember when I changed that um, and there was a friend of mine who was uh, helping business software as a service businesses go through monetization challenges and pricing and packages and all these things. And I reached out to him and I said, dude, I'm facing the same problem. But my mentality was like, I'm, I'm willing to pay to solve this. Like, this is such a pain point. I'm willing to pay. And he's like, dude, I can totally, like my team can solve this for you. It'll just take a day. We've got all these things. And it's like pre-packaged. And I say, great, just whatever it is, just send me the invoice and we'll pay and let's go for it. 
And now that guy reaches out to me regularly. Like he actually offered me a, a consulting gig like two years ago. I don't know, Charlie, I told you about it. Um, Cause he's like, dude, you know how to do these things. Like, this is what I want. And it all triggered from me just going, dude, I know you can solve this problem. I got money to pay for it. Let's go. And that changed the dynamics completely as opposed to me trying to freeload off him solving my problems for free. Uh, do you know, this isn't true in all cases, but in many cases, I prefer a paid option. Uh, agreed. So I'll pay people hourly, like a substantial amount just for their time because I understand that they reprioritize what they're doing to help me for something that I feel better about myself. And I feel like I don't owe them something too, by the way. I like the commitment to an outcome. Yeah, yeah. Totally. That's the thing for me. If someone's going to, let's just use that lead gen example. If, if I'm saying I, I need some help with generating leads and someone says, yeah, I can help you. It's going to cost a thousand bucks. As soon as I pay them that thousand dollars, there's an agreement. Totally. They, they know the outcome I'm going for. And they've signed up to saying, yes, I will exchange this for the outcome. And don't get me wrong, probably spot check it, right? Do some due diligence and fill it out before you do those types of things. But it can be a, a the speed you can get from that. But I think it's, it's such a good filter, right? Like no one likes that guy pinging everybody trying to get free advice. <laughs> well, why should you not pay people in your network? Just because they're in your network doesn't mean like don't you want to be paid? Totally. But that, that was the big shift in my mind. And that was when I went from like the free groups to paid groups. And then I'm like, you know what? Uh, what is it? Every mentor always says like just make sure that you pay for education. I'm like, screw that. Pay for education and pay for network. <laughs> Like pay for access. Maybe this is the overarching theme and maybe this is, you know, the subconscious layer between it all is what if many people suck at networking because of the free to free ratio? They want to meet people for free. They want to get free value. They don't want to be a value. Like, totally. It's but, huge. Because, and that, I guess it sits at this subconscious layer where maybe they feel like they're not enough, that they, they don't know enough, that they can't add value. I've just had too many good experiences with doing networking right that I, I see, I'm happy to pay for it because I see the value it creates. Yep. And even if there was a way to do this at a free level across the board, I could see it would take a lot extra time. Totally. So if I had to put on events every year and invite people to them and organize it, that would take up a huge amount of my time. But if I can join a mastermind group that's facilitating that, well, congrats, I've just saved that time which I could probably just use in business to generate that money anyway. Totally. All right. Well, uh, uh, so many good points on that one. Ne next one on the list here is uh, review your network. Oh, my favorite topic. Do you have like a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, trying to remember what's Darwin's thing. What is it? It's not the strongest or the smartest that survive, only the most adaptable. <laughs> yes. That it's so true. I think that and I've done this before where I just try and maintain a relationship with everybody in the desired hope that an opportunity comes through. And I will preface this that it has worked. I remember when I pivoted away from, I was looking to leave the e-commerce dropshipping businesses and leave my digital marketing and go for my like legacy play. <laughs> and so what I did was I just went out to my entire network and I said, let's just all jump on calls. And they're like, what, what, like, you don't do this often. I'm like, what are you going for? I'm like, I need to sink my teeth into something, into something bigger. Like, I'm just living a good life. I need. I've always bigger. seen. I've actually seen the reverse of this, Graham. We had a client at Vela Media. Like, oh, something will come from it. Nothing ever came from it. <laughs> and then, uh, so I, then I just had calls with everybody. But outside of that scenario, where I did 
become sort of a co-founder of a software business which does has become quite successful. Outside of that, nada. <laughs> like just, things just do not randomly drop out because you're I don't know got a relationship with a petting zoo founder and like oh maybe one day that petting zoo Charlie will want to open a podcast. And so to that point, it's like well why do I maintain that relationship? Like the skill sets don't really align. Like, Hey, if there is an event that we're both at, sure. I'm going to say hi to them and share a coffee with them and stuff like that. Cause I'm a decent human being, but they will definitely not be on the to maintain list for like that for me for the next year or the next quarter, et cetera. And so I will always review my network quite, quite regularly. How often do you review it? Quarterly. Interesting. But people will drop off my to maintain like natural list. attrition. Totally. As well. Yeah. So as like I'll build new relationships with people that I won't actively maintain, but then um, sort of end of quarter, I'll go, Hey, maybe I want to talk to this person more often and retain this relationship. And then at that point I'll review other people that I want to drop off the list and just go, Hey, like I love how methodical you are with this. <laughs> it's the, the system brain that sits behind me is like, but to that point, like I won't – it's not like you and I will build a friendship and I go, great, now Charlie's on the list within a week and I'll maintain it forever. It's like, no, like you and I have to keep conversing. I have to keep adding value to you. You add value to me. And then after about two months, I'll go, maybe Charlie should be on the list. Put Charlie on the list. But then I'll just continue to reevaluate it. And it's not because I want to make money from you or it's not that I want you to be there to solve problems. It's more me just making sure that the people I am attributing time to and helping – that there is a two-way relationship there, whether they're referring clients to me, whether they're saying, hey, like this is what I'm doing that's super interesting, maybe in investing. And me going, ah, no way. You're thinking about that? Well, this is what I'm thinking about. And it's like the thought-provoking side. I definitely concur with there is some natural attrition to networks. Like maybe people get out of business as well. They retire, who knows? Change businesses and they or move country. Um I do certainly feel, though, that in many cases, as business changes, your network naturally changes to to go with the season. Totally. So uh, an example that is not even in business, but I'll, I'll use it anyway, is like when you become a parent, like previous to that, you weren't a parent, so the value of a parenting network is very low. Yep. When you have a kid, though, that value of networking with those people becomes very high, so you will naturally change your network and maybe it's you don't hang out with the friends that are not kid-friendly now or maybe it's you hang out more with the ones who have kids or are kid-friendly. Yep. Right? So it kind of changes in that. But my finding is it's the same in business. Like startups tend to deal with startup problems and then it's like once you're across that threshold, whatever it is, is the uh, more advanced businesses will deal with more advanced problems. And that's a scale that keeps going up and up and up. Totally. Right. So it's like the startup isn't dealing with the challenges of uh, like payroll tax Right? So it's very different. Or if you get into property development, you're going to be dealing with developer things that are, are very different as well. So I want to reiterate the point of like, I think that network changes with the season Yep. and you will intentionally do that. The risk is not changing it with the season. So if you're holding on to those startup friends that are maybe still in startup world and there's been such a clear difference in your path where the, the ability to create value for each other just isn't there, it can be really hard to cut those people from your list, especially exactly. if you like them. Well, that, but this is where I see um, one of the good things is separating it out mentally. I got the business contacts, I got the health contacts, I got the investment contacts, and they've got friends as who are friends as in just 
friends. Yeah, you're allowed right. to have friendships, right? You, you are allowed to have friendships. Um, but like the business people, if I've superseded them, whether it's in revenue type of business or I've changed, maybe I've gone into a new industry, et cetera, great, then I have to evolve that. But the people who are there where I'm egging them on to um, improving investments and they're egging me on and we're just sharing all of these investment ideas and sort of how we're changing, I might not change them, but I'm changing my business ones. So I don't have to change them all at the same time. So I'll review them based on the different value that they add. And then you kind of skip into the health as well. Like who are the people that are helping you with your health? Like the gym, the gym buddies, the gym helpers. That is so funny. In my, in my 20s, it's the Ronnie Coleman network. And in my 30s, it's the ATG rehab network. (laughs) Changes, right? It's like, how do I get my hip to work versus how do I bench as much as I can? (laughs) Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Wait, baby, lightweight. (laughs) But no, so to that point, I review it like subconsciously and I'll be like, cool, I'm going to add this person in or drop this person out. Like I have a conversation. How many times? I would have a conversation. How many times I mentioned this to you earlier? I have a conversation with somebody. I'm like, you know what? I feel as though we are starting to stray away. Not you and I, like me and the other person. So are you I, breaking up with me? No, this is for other people. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think, I think these people, I don't want to share everything I'm doing. I don't want to um, help them as much as I used to want to help them because I feel like it's like a take relationship. And I walk away from it going, mm, they're not in the list anymore. Oh, there's totally signs of that as well, right? Totally. And or like they will start trying to I don't know it, just the vibe changes and I don't want to sort of go too deep into it. It's just like you walk away from it and you don't feel the same as what you felt previously. You don't want to help them as much as they want to help you or vice versa or like the camaraderie. The seasons like have changed completely, and it it is what it is. And just going cool, I'm going to drop you out. And it's not because I've got someone else to put in. It's just hey, I need that space. No, you can only have so many people in the network, right? It's a limitation and the network you need in each season or stage of life or stage of business will be different to the prior. It's one of those things where like this isn't exactly a nice thing to say, right? It it might be tough decisions in choosing not to hang out or speak to someone that you previously cared a lot about and maybe even still care a lot about. But it being in your best interest and doing the right things for your life, change that. Can I share to you my story about like the biggest way that I reviewed my network and changed it? I mean, that's all we're here to do. It seems seems relevant. We we were getting pretty on in this time of the episode. Anyway, so I was in my 20s. It would have been, I'm going to call that 23, 24. So I had my SEO company at the time and everybody wanted coffee with me. Like everybody was just like, hey, let's catch up with coffee. Let's catch up with coffee. And I'm like, man, I'm going crazy helping everybody else out. Like nothing's really coming back to help me. I'm going to go for a trip overseas. So I went around Asia, came back to Australia, and I remember talking to a mentor. I'm like, I don't think I'd miss out on much if I just moved overseas because I think it's going to be the best thing for me because no one can ask me for a coffee. And by natural attrition, the people that I want to talk to, I'll talk to, and they will stay around and everybody else will dissipate. Did that work? Dude, it was the greatest thing I ever did because you know what? So I moved to the Philippines. Dude, I my friends locally – were people who were running 200-person call centers and VA agencies and stuff. So imagine the conversations I was having. I was sitting there talking about org structures, accountability, process, documentation, how to be a better CEO, like all these things where everyone else was like, I've got this great idea that I left back in Melbourne. (laughs) And I'm like, and that's how you filter your network. And then I moved back a couple of years later and I was like, (laughs) that was my best review. That is interesting. Yeah, I just I couldn't deal with it anymore. So I just extracted myself out from the equation. I, and people go to ground all the time. 
But my best best way was I just disappeared and went to another location that had better people. Because in Australia, when a lot of the time, a lot of people don't share as much as they would in like the Asian culture. So I went to Cebu, Philippines, dude. And everyone was like, yeah, go, I got 200 employees. You want to come over? Dude, just come and work out of my office. Like here's 200 seats of other people. <laughs> like, I've actually found the same thing. Yeah. It's like people who are in startup land, and I'm not picking on them, are very insecure about their business. Totally. So they don't share, even though they're the ones that need the most help potentially. Completely. Because there's an embarrassment of not being further along. But the guys who are more established got these massive companies. Couldn't care. They're way more sharing. It's like, you go talk to them like, oh, how you doing? Joints a shit show, mate. I run an adult daycare center. This is fucked. <laughs> you would never get that level of honesty at never. some startup meetups. It's fascinating in that way. And do you know what? The way they often confidently say it, like it's not a big deal. This is just what business is because we're going through it too. Totally. It's like, oh, welcome to the club. It's, it was, it's very, very fascinating in that way. I remember I was talking to a mate of mine. He said he had 270 VAs um, and I was talking to him. I was looking for like a couple of content writers for the SEO company. He's like, oh, man, just come into the office, talk to my head of HR. And he's like, she'll fucking hook you up. So I literally walked in, <laughs> talked to the head of HR, and she went and recruited content writers for me. Oh, she's like, oh, these are the great people that we just don't have positions for. Go and interview them. And I'm like, what? Do you know what? When I was earlier in property investing, I definitely felt some of that insecurity. Like when I had one or two properties yeah. and I felt like everyone had like 10 properties or more, noting I never asked them in this key point grant, but I just assumed everyone always knew so much better and I would always feel really embarrassed and like probably didn't to the point. Well, now I have substantially more than that and like I'm happy to share the stories. Yeah. I'm happy to be more uh, honest because I think I'm way more comfortable in it. So it's a, a fascinating idea in that as well. I want to bring in some other points though. Let's I think do it. We, might, we might even split this episode into two if we're running this. Yeah, line. we'll figure it out. I'm just enjoying. When you're building a new part of your network, right, do you have any like cutoff period? So I'll give you the example is like if I'm – let's say I've uh, – selectively, intentionally said, right, I'm going to do this mastermind group. If after three months, nothing's gone, I'll just burn it. Yeah. Eight weeks for me. Every weeks. Dude, so eight weeks. I Did I do this in diets? I do this in networks. I do this in courses. I do this in everything. If I can't get value out of eight weeks, because I, I don't know why, but for some reason, my mind just goes, anything longer than eight weeks, too long. Anything shorter than eight weeks, you just don't have enough time to see the benefit. So if I can't jump into a new diet, right, and I go, I'm just going to review it after three weeks, dude, I don't have time for that thing to get Yeah, way too early. Yeah, and I'm like, but then if it's an entire, like, 12 weeks, and your example is probably fine as well, I just feel like eight weeks, I'm like, this is good enough for me to evaluate whether it's worked or not worked. And so if I'm in a mastermind, I'll give it about two months, and I'm like, yep, the mastermind's either helping me or it's not helping me, and I'll cut and run or I'll stay. I've just found that it's like if there's uh, a person, group, course or whatever that I'm not getting value after three months, none of them in my history have ever suddenly started producing value. Yeah. And what the ones it? that have value points early on tend to produce more past that point. What is it when I'm like, just so cautious of this opportunity cost. Yeah. There's only so much network you can have. I, I think of it like employees. Like what are you going to do? Turn an employee that's a five out of 10 into a nine out of 10? Uh, probably not. <laughs> but like a seven to a nine, I feel like that's doable. Totally. Like you, you can totally bump a seven up or a seven and a half up, but you, you're not going to be pushing that the four or five up to anything that you want it to be. So call a spade a spade, cut and run. And it's the same with networking. Like if someone's just been a delinquent, like you're not going to change them. Like it is, they are they are the four out of ten. Just cut it, run, move on. I dig it, man. Should we wrap this one up? Yeah, let's do it. 
I, uh, I it's funny networking. I think that we could have like another ten episodes. <laughs> on this is so much value and power into it. Well, hopefully, people have drawn some insights from this one. If people have networking questions they want to send in, I'm happy to do another uh, episode on it. I think it's a very important topic on the subject of wealth. Like, what totally. do they say? Is like, uh, I'm trying to. I'm terrible at the quotes today. Like, your network your, is your net worth. Yeah, your network is your net worth. I concur. I think or, it is. What is it? You are the makeup of the five people closest to you. Yeah, and I'm trying to get some distance from you. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Charlie, we haven't caught up for a while for dinner. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, I just dropped into like the number six. I'm like, oh, damn it. This is terrible. Uh, but to that point, uh, now you know exactly how to network with Charlie and I because we've just given you everything that we look for. So I'm going to be interested to see how many pings we <laughs> receive after this, Charlie, because I actually encourage it. I support it because there are people out there that will be able to help you out and vice versa. Now, if you're sitting there saying, well, how do I actually get in touch with Grant and in touch with Charlie. Best way is subscribe to the newsletter. Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Hit reply on them and just ask Charlie any question you want. Because again, we're just humans networking, doing business. We're all in this together. I just want to say thank you very much for joining us. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Business and Investing.